0: Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything... You need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: In-person meetings are starting back up, but not everyone may feel comfortable being at a meeting in person. No problem, though. Westminster AB can easily make your event a hybrid setup for both in-person attendees and remote attendees. Turn your event hybrid and include everyone. Visit Westminster AB online right now at westminsterab.com or call 216-325-6960. One more time, westminsterab.com or 216-325-6960.
2: From the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it's two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Featuring one half of the hip-hop group Tag Team, musician D.C. Glenn. And now, yo, 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 here's the show with Ken Dworznick
3: and Ted Klopp. Ted, we're here once again. Episode 57, just like Heinz, the catch-up. Yeah. Two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Ken Dworznick and Ted Klopp. What a weekend, Ted. Let's just say that I'm happy to be here. And as I look at myself talking to you, my head is enormous. It looks like I've swallowed a cannonball. My face is very bloated, huge. Good thing I have this hat on today. What happened? I don't know what's happened. I don't know. Maybe too much golf. I don't know. But usually you have some sort of story. Yeah. I, I actually, for once, have a story. Oh, now, okay. I'm going to tell you this story, but I'm, I'm going to go into some details, but I'm not going to talk about the city I was in, nor the establishment I was in. Oh, okay. Was to keep everyone protected. Okay. All right. Fair on enough. On Sunday after golf, I'm sorry, on Monday after golf, Awen okay. and I decided we were going to go out and enjoy a patio in okay. Northeast. We go to a place, very nice, they have great beer selections, it's outstanding. We're sitting out there, it is really, really nice. I mean, we're talking 75 degrees, we got some food. We do notice across the street, a little commotion. I mean, nothing big. And then all of a sudden there's some screaming, some yelling, and I review it. And there's a gentleman, I would say in his later 50s, talking with the manager of this other establishment and it gets heated more heated no punches are thrown but a lot of yelling and mm. then i see the one gentleman the manager on the phone and here come the police oh boy Okay. it seemed as though the one gentleman was very very inebriated and was trying to drive his bike home meaning a motorcycle oh the gentleman told him if you do that i'm gonna call the police and you'll get arrested oh okay so the gentleman was so drunk, he was doing his own sobriety test where he was doing jumping jacks, squats, push ups. And then he decided to run down the street. Oh, and just ran away.
1: Oh, so I'm thinking, all right,
3: this is about done. Uh, 10 minutes later, he comes back. He's back. He got his keys. He goes right to his bike, tries to start it up. He's had too much to drink oh. that he can't do that. And of course, the manager's there. Yeah. Here comes four police officers in their vehicles. And the man was arrested, oh. screaming and yelling. It was just it was tomfoolery. I did feel like a reporter because everybody's like, what's going on? So I would give them in detail what is going on, what the gentleman is doing and all that. it was it was pretty interesting. So that was my uh, that was my Monday evening where I know the show Cops is gone. And there's yeah. many different reasons for that. I experienced my own version of cops that night. Sounds like you honed your play by play skills as well. I certainly did. I was, yeah. I was, I was pretty proud of myself. So yeah. that, was, uh, that was interesting. Don't get to see that very often, but no. when you do it's, you know, once again, very happy that there are police officers and there's people out there that can help us. Cause my gosh, there's some people out there that that certainly need that help. We'll yeah,
1: certainly sounds like it. Well, not the way that uh, some people probably wanted to spend Memorial Day weekend, but uh, no. hope the three-day weekend was good for you as we took an opportunity to remember uh, those who have served our country with the, uh, the greatest, perhaps, way that they could. Uh, always important to do that. Well, I don't have any good stories. Uh we we just, you know, kind of hung out and took a took an easy weekend. It was nice.
3: You deserve that.
1: I slept you in really a little do. bit. That was good.
3: That is nice.
1: Coming up on this show, DC Glenn is here. Whoa. He's one he's half of the group tag team that recorded that hit song Whoop, there it is. More recently, we had Scoop, there it is. Going to talk to him about redoing that hit song for the geico commercial and a few other things we're also going to play forecast roulette with fox eights scott sable we have a bit of cleveland history to talk about as well and then a nearly naked woman leads cops on a high-speed chase oh boy here's what i know about getting uh you know teasing things coming up on the show ken what's that? if you can put the phrase nearly naked woman in the tease Good tease right there. And we're going to have the details be. on that later. Yeah. Pops Clips.
3: <laughs> Ted, once again, we have some good news. A 97-year-old man has finally finished his associate's degree. Bill Gossett attended Lincoln College for a short time before transferring to the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. But he ended up joining the U.S. Army Air Corps to serve in World War II. After the war, he took over the family business, but always thought about going back to finish his degree. Now, almost 80 years later, unbelievable, he has done it. Goss wow. completed an associate of arts degree in 2020, but had to wait for the 2021 graduation ceremony due to COVID. The president of Lincoln College surprised him at the ceremony with an honorary doctorate of humane letters. How about that? Wow. That is outstanding. That's great. Uh, although...
1: I, I got to wonder, you, you tell the 96-year-old, wait till next year. You can walk next year.
3: I know. For graduation. Think about that. Think about that. That's a that's a very good point.
1: But uh, yeah, that, awesome. Way to go for him. Boy, there's somebody who just had a goal
3: and didn't let it slip away. No, simply someone that was very determined to get his degree. And once again, Ted, that is some good news.
0: Blah blah blah. 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 Blah cookie,
4: school days,
1: school days, school days. Our guest today is a hip hop musician, a voiceover artist, and a motivational speaker. He's part of the hip hop hip hop group Tag Team, which created the Billboard chart topping song. Whoop, There It Is, which has been featured in movies and ad campaigns, including the current Geico commercial, where the song is now Scoop. There it is. Let's talk with DC Glenn. Sir, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. I'm curious. Obviously, the song was very popular back in the day, and it's been used Mm -hmm. several times over the years. Are you surprised that it still remains such a... Uh
4: well-known and well-remembered song? Not at all, because um, several things have happened in my history since then that um, have verified that this would be an evergreen song, right? <laughs> and the one thing, you know, I say between 93 and 2000, I was always going back and forth, is this the year it's gonna die? Is this the year it's gonna die? And <laughs> I'm in a movie theater, and I'm watching Will Ferrell dance on the table to my song in the movie Elf. Ah. And I knew then that I have a forever hit record because it is a hit Christmas movie and it will be played forever and people will always know that song. (laughs) And there are several little uh, nuggets like that throughout time that ensure that that song is not going anywhere. And the latest one is this Geico commercial and I gotta tell you, it is probably the biggest thing that has ever happened to me in my life, hmm. even bigger than Wump. Wow. It's just it, 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 the timing and just being able to bring joy to the people, you know, as we closed down this pandemic when everybody needed to smile and everybody needed something to laugh at, here I come throwing sprinkles and spinning scoops and dancing and smiling. <laughs> and it worked. My plan worked. <laughs> so, you know, it, it has been a beautiful cap in the feather and it has opened my life up to things that, um, I could have never imagined. And it's not just the Geico commercial that's done that, but it's the adversity, right? It's the being in COVID and things aren't traditionally the way they used to be. Traditionally, if we had a Geico commercial, we'd be on tour, but we're in a pandemic. So, you know, it that's not going to happen. So I had to take these lemons and make a lemonade company and franchise it and, and sell <laughs> it for twenty million dollars. Right? That's my mindset. So I became my own publicist. You know, merely because I was trying to find a publicist and they were like, "Well, we don't know what to do with this." And I'm like, "Okay, thank you." And whenever I get stuck on something, I join an organization, or association, or a society because they're filled with professionals who have been doing this for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And I joined the um, uh, Public Relations Society of America and was on a Zoom call. And with the CEO of this PR firm, I asked if press releases are important. Are they still relevant? And they were like, what's it for? I was like, well, I'm kind of featured in this Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. And then the (laughs) chat blew up. I love that commercial. My kids love that commercial. That commercial is great. And uh, the CEO was like, Yes, that press release is relevant because, especially now, because the whole last year has been COVID. You know, everybody that's just sucked up all the air in the room. Everybody's been fighting each other. Everybody's, you know, trying to prove a point. And here, you guys come bringing joy to the world and making everybody happy. Put that press release out, and I put it out maybe three days before the Super Bowl. And not only did that CEO tell me that she said you want to go here for your TV shows, you want to go here for your podcast, you want to go here for, uh, um, you know, your journalists, you want to make sure your pictures are like this. She gave me the entire game. Wow. In minutes. And I have not looked back and it has opened up doors for me. I could have never imagined. And is the reason that you and I are talking right now. Go figure. Right.
3: Pretty powerful, to be honest with you, DC. The part that I really enjoy is obviously that's a song. I mean, I, I graduated in Mm -hmm. high school in ninety four. So obviously that was a song that was super popular for sports (laughs) and all. that. And the funny part is now my kids. When you talk about the Elf movie, that's one of their favorite parts of that whole movie. When he's dancing around, they hear that song and they think about Mm -hmm. that. Going back to something that you talked about, certainly, you know, this whole journey you've had and all that stuff. You're cast in a movie called My Corona. That's supposed to Mm -hmm. come out in July of twenty twenty one here pretty soon, where it's basically talks about things and it's a situation of what's going on with the pandemic and leading up to the California stay at home, um, you know, situation. Can Mm -hmm. you talk about that movie that's
4: coming up and and what your role is in that? Well, the beauty of that movie, right, is that the pandemic, I got I got to admit, was the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life to me, because. All of us, you know, you got the other side. I lost people. Right. You know, we all thought we were going to turn to zombies and start eating each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, all those things happen. But at the same time, it was a chance for me to reinvent myself, right? And I reinvented myself for voiceover. I reinvented myself to acting. I rededicated myself because I can't do shows now. You know, tag teams at a stalemate. So I reinvent myself. I go back to beginning, go back to scratch. And I had to listen to all my tapes of me doing voiceover back in the day. And it was gut-wrenching because I had to listen to conversations of myself talking to people 10 years ago. And I realized that I was the one getting in my way. Right. And it changed everything for me. And I went through, you know, I I redid my first voiceover and it was just beautiful because I now understood the language. I didn't understand the language back then. And that's what I do. And I love when things are hard because I know everybody else is not going to do it. And (laughs) now, now everybody's sitting back waiting for it. To come back the way it used to be. And I'm looking at them like, Are you crazy? We have we're in a new frontier. Everything is new. Yep. Every dream you ever had, every mistake you've ever made, every missed opportunity can be corrected right now.
0: Hmm.
4: And if you just switch your mind to think about solutions instead of problems and excuses, the world is yours. You know, I'm I'm grateful to be able to talk to gentlemen like yourself because. I love to talk about my situation. I love to inspire people and I love to learn myself. I learn more from talking to people than I do from reading a book or anything. And that concept is called learn how to learn, right? And it's not enough to just learn. Learning how to learn is special. You know, I got an email this morning. It was so long and I was like, I ain't reading this email. I dump it in the AI. Now the AI reads it to me, right? <laughs> And while it's reading to me, it's something catches my ear. Then I can look at it. I'm like, oh, I'm reading with it while it's reading to me. Now I'm retaining more information learn how to learn. So my life is littered with all these seeds that I've laid, all these tentacles I put out there, all these jack of all trades, master of none things, which is bulk because if you hustle hard enough, you live long enough and you learn enough, those trades can become masterful and they all serve you. Great words to live by. Great words to live by. Mm
1: -hmm. I want to ask you another question about the Geico commercial. So you've got the song. Did they come to you and say, we'd like to use the song, but we want
4: to redo it. Or did they ask, how's that process? And I'm just curious. So 2011, right. I get a call, I'm DJing at the club, I get a call from this reporter, and I'm like, call me in the morning, right? Cause they they're like, DC, you gotta come to the door. She will not get off the phone. I was like, man, which one of these girls I done, man. But then I was like, okay, let me go to the front. And she's like, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, call me in the morning. She calls me in the morning. She said, have you seen the Gawker article? And I said, what? She's like, "Every the world thinks that Barack Obama was in your womb, there it is video. <laughs> right, and for that whole week we did press, we did CNN, Stephen Colbert, Jeannie, we did everything. And I was disappointed at the end of that week because I had nothing to show for it. That started my SEO career because I couldn't be found. Right, so I t- it took me 10 years to learn SEO and search engine optimization and how to build websites and it was brutal, right? But I get a call two thousand September 2020 from my agent for acting. DC, you just booked a Geico commercial. It's like, look. Why are you playing with me in my emotions in COVID? That's not fair. It's like, no, you booked a Geico commercial. I said, I didn't even audition for a Geico commercial. DC., they said they want a tag team for a. I was like, oh, Tag team. I forgot about Tag team. And because I have a phone number with a tag team phone, they called that phone. They didn't I, I rarely answered it. I didn't answer it that day. Then they did a little bit more, and they went to online. they found my IMDB profile which has my agent's number in it. And it was pure synergy because my agent is my agent for acting in commercials. The same, because before the pandemic, I booked a national pizza Hut commercial for March Madness, but it got canceled. But I didn't care because I booked. Right. So now here comes Geico. I let my agents make the deal because now I don't have to get lawyers. I don't have to do anything. All we mm-hmm. have to do is make the deal. And it is the most lucrative deal I've ever made in my life. Wow. Good for, you. Good for you. Right. I I prepare for that. Geico. It actually was soup. There it is at first. Hmm. So I am like, okay, cool. I'm scrolling through trying to find the Seinfeld soup Nazi episode. So I can get, <laughs> you know, soup references and whatnot. But then they call it like, no, it's going to be ice cream. And the ice cream was like, yes, now we're talking. We had a production movie meeting the night before. And I went to the director. I said, hey, I'll de- develop some things. I hope you guys are open to anything you want to do, D.C. Okay, well, I tried to do a spinning scoop but I couldn't find anyone to fabricate it, but we can go on to that. No, 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 it'll be done tomorrow. I was like, what? Okay. Wow. And we shot everything I wanted to do. And all those things are the beautiful nuances and threads that make that commercial what it is. Wow. From spinning scoop to the sprinkles, the ode to LeBron James. <laughs>
1: Oh, hey, dc we appreciate your time can you if people want to follow you uh website are you on social media tell us where they can uh find find you
4: this goes back to seo and websites and all that yep. all you gotta do is type my name type in tag team Woot, there it is you'll find me
1: okay fair I'm enough
4: laid beautiful breadcrumbs throughout <laughs> the course right <laughs> so you can find yep. me
1: all right well, D.C., we, we appreciate the time, and thank you so much. And uh, uh, chocolate, vanilla, uh, Rocky Road, and all the other ice cream flavors. Uh, boy, I, I enjoyed those lyrics, and I think my kids have memorized Watched them. That, so. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> well, thank oh, yeah, you very before much. I go, I got something to get yeah. off my chest. Oh, yeah, go ahead. The last thing. Sprinkles! All right, I'm done. I'm good. Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate uh-huh. it.
0: Oh no, not a dad joke.
1: What do you get from a pampered cow?
0: Spoiled milk. That joke was horrible.
2: Forecast Roulette with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox
1: 8's Scott Sable. Scott Sable from Fox eight is back for another forecast roulette game. Scott, thank you for finally getting some warmer weather here in our direction. It seemed like it took forever. And I'm sure I'm not the first one to point that out to you and your meteorological forecasting,
5: right? Well, yes, you aren't the first one. Hopefully you will be the last one, but anyway, uh, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah. It's been, I mean, cool. It's It's funny because last May and late April, was much colder than this April, but we forget that because it seems like that was like 20 years ago.
1: Right, did, you know. does the farmer, farmer's almanac, does that uh, that, did that have any, uh, was that accurate at all about uh, the late uh, warmth here?
5: Well, let me explain something about the farmer's almanac. There's two things I'll fight anytime, place. First is the old farmer's almanac. I'll fight the, far, the almanac and I'll also fight the groundhog. Okay. Preferably at the same time.
3: Okay all right okay scott it seems like so, this list is growing every week or every Yeah. i'm, I'm getting you. old and i remember you fighting growing. the groundhog but now you're fighting the almanac
5: yeah okay. I'm, I'm getting old and grouchy and my my, my fuse is really short
4: and all plus right. i have
5: allergies right now so my my, my 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 i'm all congested so that just makes everything a little worse
4: all right yeah, so I'm ken sure let's
1: that. mark it down no talk of farmers and no talk nope. of groundhogs. okay nope all right, well, I think we're all ready right. to spin the forecast roulette wheel. Uh, do we know who's spinning this weekend? I think should, Scott should spin first. Okay, go ahead. First, spin uh, the wheel and make the deal. There we go. All right,
5: here we go. Here we go. One, two, three.
1: Okay. All right. Now, we've, we've, we've got all, all the cities this week are in the uh, continental U.S.
2: Oh, that's good. And that's
1: good. we're slowing down. And, well, this is a little west of here. Evanston, Illinois, Evanston, Illinois. Do, we, what, do Is there any uh, connection between Cleveland and West uh, Evanston, Illinois?
5: I believe the connection, that means that city sounds really familiar. Is that not the hometown of um, legendary Cleveland uh, sports broadcaster Joe Tate around that area? I believe, yeah, I think you're right, Scott. That's correct. That's yeah. Correct. I believe that, yeah, it's either Evansville or Evanston. I'm not the Evanston.
1: Am I the only one who finds it apropos that the year, the season that Joe Tate passes away during is one of the worst in Cavs history or as bad as any one in recent history, given all the bad basketball that that poor man had to put himself through.
5: man, he saw, he saw some bad teams back in the early mid seventies. I wonder if, uh, if he was around for the end of this, how he would compare you know, this season to those seasons back then. I, I still wonder. He didn't watch a lot of basketball after he retired, though. No, he, he didn't. didn't. He didn't. He just said, you know what, I'm done. I watched yeah. enough over 40 years.
1: Well, between the bad basketball he was watching and the bad uh, baseball play, my is there anybody saw more bad professional sports than that poor man? Well, the he saw about Union. To talk about the worst, some of the worst teams of all time.
5: He was also at the uh, uh, the Tencent Beer Night back in 74. Oh, that's
3: right. Yeah.
5: So yeah. That, was, that was a debacle.
3: Oh, boy. My gosh. Scott, did you have any uh, discussions or did you ever talk to Joe Tate at some point in time? Obviously, us all being middle-aged men, we certainly grew up with him and listening to him doing the
5: Indians and the Cavs. But did you have the opportunity to talk with him at all one-on-one or anything like that? The first time I met him, I, it was me and my brother, and I believe it might have been at the Coliseum, the old, the old Coliseum. And my brother was nine years old. And this is back when you could kind of move freely throughout the arena. Now, I think you're a little more, you know, restricted. And so I said, hey, John, hey, let's go walk down to where Joe Tate sits right after the game. Let's let everybody clear out and maybe we can, you know, just get an autograph. Like, like, okay. So my brother, at the time, like eight or nine years old. We end up walking down. And um, he's doing one of his updates and uh, it's a commercial break. And he turns to us and he is really nice for, you know, it was only for maybe in exchange is maybe 15, 20 seconds. And he signed, you know, to Scott, best wishes, Joe Tate on the back of the, you know, the sheet and um, piece of paper and stayed with my brother. Um, and it wasn't until he retired, he came to the station when he, after he wrote, wrote his, uh, his book with um, Terry Pluto. And I had a chance to talk with him a little bit, got my picture taken with him. Um, of course, he doesn't remember me, me meeting him 20 years ago, but I mean, it was really cool when he came to the station, was like, whoa, it's Joe Tate. You know, everybody remembered Joe Tate as the Cavs announcer, as the, uh, the Indians play-by-play guy on, on TV and, well, on the radio is before my time. But, um, yeah, so I had a chance to talk to him and meet him. It was really cool. I mean, one of the, you know, if you look at like, uh, uh, you know, a Cleveland really even a broadcaster like Mount Rushmore, he's got to be up there. I know there's a lot of broadcasters around the country, but man, that was cool meeting him. I mean, real low-key guy though, really low-key, not as, you know, not as um, gregarious and and like everybody, you know, you know, thinks, but that's how a lot of people are when they're not when they're not at work. But yeah, I had a chance to meet him a couple of times and the last time was right when he retired.
1: Towards the end of his uh, uh, run with the Cavs, uh, Ken, I think you'll agree with this. No filter. No.
5: The calves were
1: bad. He told you the calves were bad.
5: Yes. Yes. No filter whatsoever. Uh,
1: God bless him. Well, how about a uh, forecast for Evanston, Illinois?
5: Well, the the humidity there is through the roof, which is coming our way too. Uh, Evanston, Illinois, temperatures there will be near 90 Mm. for a couple of days. They've had some on and off storms, and that'll be the same forecast now for the next couple of days.
1: All right, Scott. Well, thank you. Do, do, do you happen to have any Joe Tate impression
5: you might be able to leave us with? Do you do a Joe oh, Tate? Man. I, I That's you're putting me on the spot here. Uh, I, I, it's not an impression. Well, but one Joe Tate call sticks out in my mind and it was against the bulls during one of the playoff games that might've been 1990. And uh, so, you know, we're, I'm listening it on, to it on the radio, obviously. And he's talking about how all these, the Cavs had won that game and all the bull the, the bulls, um, uh, fans were leaving and he said something to the effect like don't let the door hit you on the butt on the way out you know one of those deals they all. and it was like whoa wait Are you want to say that on the radio it's like well who cares <laughs> you know and it just stuck out of my mind that he called it like it was and because that's what everyone was thinking
1: yeah joe joe told it like it was no question about it all right scott well thank you very much for the forecast
5: anytime
2: Forecast Roulette with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable.
1: Time for Where'd That Come From Now, Ken? We take a look at a common phrase, tell you its origin, and a little bit about it. This week's phrase break a leg. That's something we say to each other right before the show uh, just about almost never. Well, yeah. Uh, The phrase break a leg means good luck. A popular folklore encouraged people to wish each other bad luck since it was believed that wishing someone good luck would tempt evil spirits. Mm. Because of that, people started wishing each other to break a leg in order for them not to break one so we get a little reverse psychology going on here
3: that's interesting i didn't know this yeah uh,
1: hey ken jump off a building <laughs> i don't know
3: bust your arm
1: yeah right Well, break a leg now you know where that came from cleveland this is for you All right, Ken, this week in Cleveland history, we jump to June 2nd, 1869. Well, that's a few years
3: ago, Ted. Yeah,
1: just a couple. The Forest Cities, one of Cleveland's early baseball teams, played their first professional baseball game in Cleveland. And in true Cleveland fashion, they lost 25 (laughs) to 6. Oh, boy. The Cincinnati Red Stockings in front of about 2,000 people. Interesting that the Reds, back in eighteen sixty nine, were still kind of the Reds.
3: Well, yeah, and you sure this is a baseball game and not football? We're talking Uh, baseball, right? Twenty five feels like it. I don't
1: know. Let's let's check in. We have uh, Cleveland sports historian Dusty Sloan joining us to provide a little perspective. Dusty, what can you tell us about this game or the
6: Forest Cities? Well, the Cleveland Forest Cities. The interesting thing about them is. First of all, in 1869, it wasn't called Major League Baseball. It was called the National Association of Baseball Players. And that particular season was the first one where all the teams were playing by the same rules as far as paying people, paying their players. Before that, they were doing a lot of under the table paying of various players. And in 1869, (laughs) this is the first time where they were all basically officially paying their own players. Now, The Cincinnati stockings. it's not surprising that they would beat the Cleveland team this badly because they finished that season 19-0. Wow. The Cleveland Cleveland Forest Cities, on the other hand, went one and six. So you can see back then that there was a disparity in how many games that were played, and there was a very big disparity in who was good and who wasn't. So this is pre-Civil War baseball, obviously. So a lot of the things that you see when you go back and look at stuff like this, there's a lot of lopsided scores and there's a lot of lopsided records back then huh interesting that is interesting
3: well dusty uh obviously you know 25 to 6 uh, did you have a chance how many did you know how many pitchers they used i mean were they throwing underhand what were what exactly was (laughs) going on there at 25 to 6 loss
6: well they (laughs) they weren't pitching underhand as far as i know although
3: (laughs) i'm just kidding with you if if,
6: if there were submariners that's okay but um don't really know a lot about the game itself, but my huh. assumption would be that the, that they were paying a lot more to the Cincinnati Redstocking players than they were the Cleveland Forest City players. I'm just going I on I bet you're correct on that. Yeah, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. A little bit of uh, insight into baseball. What is that? 100 and, 150 years ago. Wow. That's a long time ago. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Dusty. Absolutely.
4: Anytime, guys. Cleveland! This is for you!
2: The most trusted name in journalism, Klopp's Clips.
1: Ken, I know you've been waiting through the three-day weekend for this segment. We have the news that you need to know. Police in Gates Mills, the suburb of Cleveland, spotted a vehicle in the parking lot of an elementary school around 730 at night with three people inside. Not normally where you'd find a car with three people in it parked. So cops investigated and asked what the people were doing parked in the parking lot of the elementary school. and One of the people inside said they were parked because he was rolling a joint. Oh, gee. Investigators found that none of them had a valid driver's license. A relative did give them a ride home. The pot was destroyed.
3: Why are you doing it? I mean, this is all bad stuff. At <laughs> a school, in your car. I mean, if that's something you want to do, wouldn't you just do it at home? I, I mean, know. I don't know. Huh. Got to get mobile.
1: I guess. I guess. A nearly naked Florida woman led police on a high-speed chase through several counties in the Sunshine State. Police were alerted to a stolen car and located it on an interstate where they tried to stop it. That's when the woman took off at speeds topping 110 miles an hour. Eventually, the troopers used a pit maneuver to stop the car. The 24-year-old woman claimed that the car was her aunt's and she was allowed to drive it. In the car, aside from the almost birthday-suited woman, police found a pipe and a substance believed to be meth. Oh, geez. Woman facing numerous charges now.
3: Wow. Not a, not a good start. Let's, no. let's be honest. That is that is not good. 110 miles an hour. Going going 110, nearly naked. I. She's in a hurry.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't go. know. Maybe find some clothes. New York City Councilwoman Helen Rosenthal attended a council meeting virtually while driving her car. She's apparently headed to a campaign event for a mayoral candidate in her district. She has supported speed camera expansion and congestion tolls to reduce Manhattan traffic. However, here's the interesting part about this. Since 2013, the license plate tied to her car has racked up sixty-two traffic violations. Oh my gosh. Including Come three on. for speeding in school zones and running a red light. Holy cow. Wow, sixty-two. Yeah. Boy, that's really uh But let me dial in on this zoom while I'm, <laughs> while, I'm <laughs> while I'm driving here. Oh my gosh. A North Carolina woman wanted to buy a Powerball ticket but missed the cutoff by a minute and mistakenly bought a ticket for the drawing three days later. Well, it turned out to be anything but a mistake. Elizabeth Johnson got a message that she'd won in the second drawing, but she didn't realize she'd played. Once she checked, she found out that she had matched all five of the white balls. Wow. And there was a two-times multiplier ball drawn as well. All that... Won her $2 million.
3: It's a great mistake. I wish I had that problem too, (laughs) Ted.
1: I've never made a mistake like that.
3: No, I wish I have.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's, mistakes aside, let's close up this week's collection of Klop's clips. Episode 57 on the heels of Memorial Day weekend wrapping up. Ken, uh, how did you play your golf game? You didn't tell us. You told us about uh, your your experience with the gentleman with the motorcycle.
3: But how did the golf go? Actually, the golf, I'm not sure what's happened, Ted. Recently, I, I've never been a great golfer. And when I say I'm not a great golfer, I've never really broken 90 or 95 or anything like that. Most recently, I've had some rounds. I shot 37 at a course with par's 35. Yeah, I know. And obviously, as people know, I, I couldn't make this stuff up. Then I shot a 41 this past weekend. We played at a really nice course called Briarwood in Brecksville. A1 and I did. A1's getting better. She's not going to admit it, but she's getting better. She shot 99. OK, I shot 92, which is okay. pretty good for me. Yeah. Uh, the course is a little bit harder than what we played before. And the greens were tough, but I'm playing better. I don't know what I've done. I've took some lessons with, you know, Brad Cavey, who we've had on the show, and he showed me a couple things. And after I took the lessons, it's like I've never played golf because I played so poorly. And I think I've just kind of slowed everything down. And it's been better. It's been enjoyable. So we'll we'll see what happens once again, Ted, day to day on golf. Yeah, I could be okay today, but tomorrow it could fall off. Now, You, I'm
1: guessing for nine or 18 holes, you're usually uh, have a lower score than her, but do you guys ever pick a hole and and wager on a specific hole or anything like that?
3: No, we haven't done that just because it's enough pressure just trying to play. But I will say on the front nine, yes, or when we played over the weekend, A1 shot 50 and I only shot 47. So she Mm. only beat me by three strokes. So I know the day is coming when she will beat me for nine holes. I know it is. And I just need to prepare myself.
1: Okay. All right.
3: Well, very good.
1: Do, do, does she ever, uh, when, when you're putting, does she ever say Noonan?
3: No. And I never take my club and hold in the air and say, boy, there's probably a better shot at me getting hit by lightning or making this putt." I've not done that either.
1: So. <laughs> All right. Very good. Well, next week on the show, we're going to have a new segment, Ken, called the great debate love it one of us is going to square off with a longtime friend and former news reporter sherry russo and we're going to debate some some important topics we will figure out who's going to be involved in the debate and then whoever that person is is not going to know the topics until they're revealed on the show at the same time sherry gets them
3: what a good idea that's cool
1: yeah so that's the great debate that's next week Right here on the show. Now, we do want to thank DC Glenn for joining us. We also Here's
0: want awesome. to
1: thank Scott Sable from Fox 8 for playing Forecast Roulette. And of course, our Cleveland historian, Dusty Sloan, who, Cleveland sports historian, who gave us that great insight on the forest cities. And of course, we want to thank the listeners for putting up with us again this week.
3: Ted, I want to make one final comment. We're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland.
1: Two
2: Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.
4: Sprinkle!